investing in new fossil fuel infrastructure is moral and economic madness. The Sustainable Hour. For a green, clean, sustainable Geelong. The Sustainable Hour. Welcome to the Sustainable Hour. We'd like to acknowledge that we're broadcasting from the land of the Wathaurong people. It's stolen land. It was stolen by the first white colonisers. We pay tribute to the ancient wisdom that's guided them through millennia of nurturing their land and nurturing their communities and hope that we can learn part of that. Oh, we know that through that ancient wisdom lies the solutions to the crisis that we've, the multiple crises that we're facing at the moment. Australians have chosen. Australians have chosen and they have chosen change. Australians have chosen and they have looked to the future. A better future for all. A government that will act on climate change. Coal remains a, a, an important industry for Australia and it remains part of the global energy mix. Anyone feeling just a little bit deceived? Why on earth should coal remain a part of the Australian energy mix? That's a choice, that's the choice we make. And that is the choice we expected our government, the government that promised us to act on climate change, would be taken care of, quitting coal. People are helping out each other wherever they can, jumping in boats and people with helicopters, everybody's um, helping out. But you know, there's still a lot of heartbreak and pain behind the smiles. You know, there would be devastating property damage, there'd be devastating stock losses. Taking stock of the inconceivable losses. I was out of my house, you know, just before and it's knee deep water. Coal is obviously destroying our country. Towns and communities cut off from flooding in the East Kimberley have received an emergency load of fresh food as they contend with supply An unprecedented gas. weather event is still unfolding in northwest Queensland, with floodwaters expected to remain high. There has been weeks. record rainfall over the Lower Gulf region over the past week. There has been dumps of over 500 millimetres in 48 hours in some river catchments, and emergency services are particularly concerned. You are funding climate breakdown. We have drought, fire, flood all around the world. The planet's climate is on fire and you people in this room are fueling climate collapse. Do you not have any children? Do you not care? Where is your conscience? You are on the wrong side of history. A woman from Fossil Free London speaking to shareholders, investors and fossil fuel executives at the International Energy Week in London last week and out on the North Sea. Good morning, it's our fourth day on this occupation of Shell's oil platform um, and I wanted to share some of the feelings that led me to be where I am right now, which is um, on top of a 34,000 ton oil platform in the middle of the ocean and that is that 
I think what Shell is doing is absolutely criminal. I think we are on the verge of extreme climate emergency around the globe, like one of the last minutes to turn the wheel before we crash. And instead of helping in this moment of need, Shell is making it worse by exploring for getting more oil, getting every last drop out of the North Sea. This, Dave, this is entirely new infrastructure that I'm standing on right now, um, that they're investing in new oil and gas is absolutely criminal. We need to be investing in renewables. Um, there are places around the world, people around the world that have done the least to cause this climate disaster that are getting impacted the most. And Shell, we just found out, made $39 billion in profits this last year. It's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. There's no easy way to look around and realize that the world as we know it is dying. People really don't want to deal with confronting the possibility that when they look out the window, everything they're looking at is temporary. The question is not, is this happening? What if it happens? The question is, what are you going to do about it? Because there is something after just anxiety. What are we going to do about it? That's what the Sustainable Hour is here to have a look at. And we'll start off with having a look at what the rest of the world is going to do about it. So over to you, Colin Market, OAM, with the Global Outlook. Oh, thank you, Mick. And yes, uh, we're starting with two units of people who are doing very positive things, if you believe what they have announced. Because our Global Roundup this week begins at the Argonne National Library in the U.S., where scientists say they've solved the battery technology limitations for electric vehicles. Now, this is not the Australian natural battery that was also announced last week in the science journal Nature. This had Monash University scientists who discovered an enzyme that can convert air into electrical energy. But taken together, both announcements have significant implications for the future of clean energy. The American announcement claims to alter battery technology for electric vehicles. It's, they've discovered, essentially, a way to raise the future driving range of standard EVs up to a thousand miles or more. They're American, so they work in the old system. It promises to do so cheaply and without exhausting the global supply of critical minerals. It achieves this with a radical jump in the energy density in battery cells. The typical lithium-ion battery used in the car industry today stores about 200 watt-hours per kilo. The Illinois lab experiment has already reached 675 kilowatt-hours per kilo using a lithium-air variant. This is claimed to be a high enough density to power trucks and trains and arguably mid-haul aircraft. And the team believes that it can reach 1,200 watt-hours per kilo. And if so, almost all global transport could be decarbonized much more easily than we thought, and probably at a negative net cost. Meanwhile, the Australian experiment at Monash University discovered that many bacteria use hydrogen from the atmosphere as an energy source. 
We've known for some time that bacteria can use the trace hydrogen in the air as a source of energy to help them grow and survive, including in Antarctic soils, volcanic craters and deep ocean, said Professor Chris Greening from Monash's Biomedicine Discovery Institute. But we didn't know how they did this until now. They found that an enzyme called HUC turns hydrogen gas into electrical current. Enzymes are special proteins that can help speed up chemical reactions in living organisms. The enzyme is extracted from common soil, so it can be grown in large quantities, meaning there could be access to a sustainable source for the enzyme. Once we produce HUC in sufficient quantities, the sky is quite literally the limit for using it to produce clean energy, said lead researcher Dr. Rhys Grinter. Huck is extraordinarily efficient. It is possible to store purified huck for long periods, making it a sustainable source of energy. And because it comes from the soil, it promises to be dirt cheap. Sorry for that, that was my little extra. Now to Europe, where Germany and Italy last week combined to temporarily block EU plans for a ban on petrol and diesel sales by 2035. The pundits say that they're doomed to fail because of the wave of new technology has sealed the fate of all combustion engines. The EU's official response was that the only hope for saving the European car industry is to go for electrification before their global rivals grab the market first. So all European car manufacturers are now geared to fully switch to EVs. And for those global rivals, you can include America, China, Japan, uh, South Korea. So yes, we can look forward to within 10 years, electric cars being the majority on the roads. But now to Doha in Qatar, where the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres delivered a withering speech when he opened the summit for leaders of the least developed countries. The target of his anger was the world's richest nations and fossil fuel companies, both of which he said could have solved not only the climate crisis, but world poverty too, if only they had the will to do it. He stressed that the cost of living was becoming increasingly difficult due to the war in Ukraine, and it was resulting in higher energy and food prices. And this, combined with the effects of conflict, drought, hunger and extreme poverty, have created an environment that fuels poverty and injustice. Remember, he was speaking in oil-rich Qatar. He said, and this is a direct quote, for your countries, progress on the sustainable development goals, starting with the eradication of extreme poverty and ending hunger, is about more than lines on a chart leading to 2030. It's a matter of life and death, and it is unacceptable if you are held back by processes and decisions that are made far beyond your borders. Indeed, fossil fuel giants are raking in huge profits, while millions of people living in least developed countries cannot put food on the table. You risk being left behind in the digital revolution without the support of technology, 
that you need for social and economic development or job creations, he said. And he called for an end to these conditions that have left vulnerable countries facing a perfect storm. Ending this perfect storm for perpetuating poverty and injustice requires massive sustained investment, he explained. And he stressed that the global financial system had been designed by wealthy countries largely for their own benefit. He was quite scathing on rich nations, and that includes Australia, we should point out. And my final piece of news came from the world's greenest football club, the Forest Green Rovers. As you know, they're vegan and they have a zero carbon stadium. Well, that didn't help at all because they're sitting at the bottom of the English First Division. Uh, they played the Bristol Rovers at the weekend and lost 3-1. But the match was sold out. And it showed that the fans have not deserted the Rovers, or maybe they just like vegan pies. Meanwhile, the club's women's team, Forest Green Rovers Women's First, celebrated International Women's Day by winning their match against Royal Wootton Bassett Ladies First. Forest Green Rovers Ladies, or women, won nine goals to nil. So they're still in third place on their ladder, and they're one point behind the joint leaders, Bristol Rovers and Torquay Ladies Team. And that is my roundup for the week. Listen to our sustainable hour for the future. Our first guest today is another solution seeker. It's amazing. We Each week we get people that are working in different areas but all have the same goal of reducing, essentially of reducing emissions and getting some sort of justice in the world, the justice that uh, Antonio Guterres is always referring to. So we've got Edwina Flock. Now, Edwina is the founder of the Env Environmental Music Prize. This is a global first that amplifies the voices of artists who inspire action for climate and conservation. So, Edwina, no, we can't say that you have little, little goals. You, you start off a global competition. Why? Well, it's not a global competition yet, but it has had a, a global reach, which was really exciting in year one. And, you know, I fully recognise the the power of individual efforts and, you know, one-on-one -on -one help. But when we're talking about these massive global problems, you know, in such a short time frame, there's always the issue of, of scalability and how do we reach the biggest number of people. So I guess one thing that I had uh, been a little bit obsessed with is around how do we scale um, positive solutions and also how do we, I guess, accelerate cultural cultural change to really support all the individual climate solutions that are out there because, as we know, the climate solutions already exist, the science is already there and very clear. All we need is the emotional impetus to actually act, which is often the bit that's lacking. We have the facts, we have the figures, you know, obviously the most important people in here are the, the scientists and the engineers and the teachers and the people actually creating the solutions, but how do we move people from one point to another? Um, so the prize was developed with the recognition that artists are powerful communicators. Um, 
musicians, bands, and, and musical artists are actually the largest group followed on social media in Australia, far out collectively, far outweighing sports people, definitely politicians and, and unfortunately scientists. And so how do we empower those that can use their voice positively to, to do so in a way that is intelligent and strategic and serves the environmental movement? And also how do we reward them when they create music that actually touches and inspires their fans. So um, it's really about activating cultural change. Uh, when I first started with this idea, um, lots of people were put trying to put me in contact, you know, with their cousin who plays the guitar and things. And I and um I, I pushed back against that saying, look, if I commissioned a song, it probably wouldn't be that good. Or even if it was good, how would you make sure that it actually reached people? And so there are multiple prizes out there and a prize has the ability to actually draw lots of people that you might not actually know in and also allow you to reach out to those you you want to include um, and have this massive body of work. So there's not one song, there's many, many songs. And I guess the prize is designed around highlighting whole diversity of artists. So definitely there are artists that have been working in this space for you know, if their whole career and we think of, you know, the traditional kind of greeny artists and we want to recognise and celebrate them and reward them for the work that they've been doing, you know, over a really long period. But in a certain way, they are preaching to the converted. You know, their fans already know and understand and are probably quite active. And so the aim of the prize is to have artists not only from like folk and indie but also from electronic music and rap and hip-hop and country and kind of really show that all different types of people care about these issues we're all connected to nature in some way and so obviously there are the diehard kind of climate change songs that come in but we also invite applications from artists that have songs that just celebrate nature and connect us to the beautiful world in which we live and When the fires came to find us, we were mostly unprepared. You always think disaster only happens over there. We woke up in a daze, our rooms were filling up with smoke. And every breath we drew was just another way to choke oh, 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 oh. My brother called, said, can you come help me battle the blade? When the embers fall like shooting stars across the Milky Way I jumped in my car, tore down the Hume In two hours I was by his side Day turned to night, night turned to day Red horizons and nowhere to hide Do you remember 
remember when the sky was blue when the sky was blue basically if you go to the to our homepage uh, environmental music prize .com you'll find the 24 finalists from last year there isn't one best song it really is individual so i encourage you to look at a couple that um look of interest to you but some of the artists that participated were from the very high profile um paul kelly jack river lime cordial king stingray you know a lot of the triple j darlings like briggs and tim minchin and others that are really household recognized names and have a very established audience but we also had two teenagers Rory Phillips who was a 16-year-old country singer from Tumut in rural New South Wales and Sage Roadnight who's a kind of uh, I guess a goth indie artist who's a 16-year-old schoolgirl from um from the Massanon Ranges in Victoria who created the music video by herself the night before submitting it so this really this really wide range of palette and actually one of the artists that has emerged from there and is a climate ambassador uh this year who I was really excited applied is someone called Elfresh the Lion who's a Sikh rapper from southwest Sydney so his audience is principally you know young men in southwest Sydney of lots of different backgrounds and origins but lots of young indian and sikh and middle eastern men like uh, a demographic that's not hasn't been really that climate groups are not really reaching and who are speaking in different circles different language on different platforms and so to have someone he's now gone off and spent 3 days on the great barrier reef the heron island research center learning about the climate impacts on the reef and so he's come back as a as a real climate ambassador who can like strategically reach people we haven't been able to talk to before my mother said to me only take what you need eat sleep dream repeat eat sleep dream repeat my mother said to me only take what you need eat sleep dream repeat eat sleep running out with one of them kids that never listen had a mother trying to share that elder wisdom but i was busy playing scheme trying to shape a vision chasing status all that matter was a high position being a man i had a plan to reach the top swinging from the jungle gyms in the park mother said what your predators in the dark make decisions with your head but don't forget your heart but i'm not praising my dollar bring that cash to me i'm just another trying to make a nice salary say mama that's quite a view but it ain't for me eat it up count me in like a calorie i've been conditioned to always make some cash off it for them fat pockets be overweight with a mad profit is catastrophic cuz now i'm killing off the competition and we're like animals facing extinction wish i listen to my mother like counting stars counting miles on fancy cars you know i think i broke her heart lord knows i didn't wanna i wish i listened to my mother ain't got no excuse ain't you read the morning news guess she's done with her abuse lord knows she's gonna I wish I'd listen to my mother. My mother said to me, only take what you need. Eat, sleep, dream, repeat. Eat, sleep, dream, repeat. My mother said to me, only take what you need. Eat, sleep, dream, repeat. Eat, sleep, dream. Hanging out with suits in private booths. 
Talking about the suits from my youth. Reminded me of when my mother used to share some truths. What's the company you keep in the poppy truths? But we're admiring a view from a canopy. So much smoke in the air, how can I breathe? If there's a price to pay, the mother is the casualty. I buy it back, but the dollar is an enemy. And we already at war. Bombs drop while we drilling for oil. Spilling in the seas, and what we see, we ignore. Species disappear, yeah, we kill her for more. Cause mass consumption means we gon' lose a few more. There's no assumption. She dying slow, and we are the cause. Raping her for her riches is something we can't afford. So get up from your screen if you have a solution. All this noise is causing mass confusion. Wish I listened to my mother. Uh. Counting friends like counting stars Counting miles on fancy cards You know I think I broke her heart Lord knows I didn't want her I wish I listened to my mother Ain't got no excuse Ain't you read the morning news Guess she's done with her abuse I wish I listened to my mother My mother said to me Only Edwina, is there an actual prize? Well, um, there is a prize. The, the prize is $20,000. It was actually donated by me for the, for the first prize and is again this year um, since I don't have very many donors supporting at the moment. Um, and that was done with really the objective of putting a value on the massive value that these artists will bring if they're able to actually touch people. And so we monetize so many, you know, useless things in society. And so initially when I launched the prize, people said, oh, you know, that's a lot of money. Like, you know, you could probably just do a prize and people would be happy to be part of it. And firstly, we'd come out of three years of lockdown where most artists hadn't been able to tour, hadn't been able to do live shows and things had lost 90% of their income. And I thought, no, it's really, really important that if we're, you know, using their brand, using their talent, having access to their audience and their skill, that that it is rewarded. And I really hope the prize value increases. That's the objective for future years, that the prize pool increases to, you know, 100,000 and we're able to reward multiple artists um, across lots of different styles.
It's not possible to apply this year anymore. I can't reveal who's applied, but I can tell you that some of Australia's best talent has, and it's going to be really, really exciting. So I encourage all of your audience to sign up uh, to the newsletter or follow on socials. On Earth Day, we'll be revealing the finalists and encouraging you to watch, find those that resonate for you. And then the, the biggest objective is that you share with your community music videos that will activate them as well. Let's hear the, the winner from last year. The title of it was If Not Now, Then When. It's a publicly voted prize and the one that received the most votes from around the world, we had people voting from 58 countries, was uh, King Gizzard. Uh, they are a psychedelic rock band from Melbourne. They're also one of the world's most prolific bands. I think at latest count, they'd already released in their 10-year career 27 albums. So this massive discography, um, the fact that they tour a lot, are extremely talented and also extremely passionate about the environment and other issues, mean that they have, you know, disciples from all over the world. They're really a massive fan base. And um, and that this is was not their first uh, song about, I guess, climate impacts and and kind of questioning the future, but doing so in a very creative way. So you'll see the the music video. It's set in a kind of post-apocalyptic future, and um, and yeah, I think we we know baseline all the facts and how all the artists interpret in such a different way bringing their own lens creativity and perspective is really exciting The, the most exciting and unexpected thing that happened is that King Gizzard donated their $20,000 prize to the Wilderness Society. That was one of our original impact partners. We were 
blown away, as was the CEO of uh, Wilderness. And, um, and so that gift will obviously go to fund frontline conservation, but is also going to um, support education for artists through the prize. We have a whole lot of climate leadership workshops for artists. And so uh, they are like paying it forward and really building momentum around this. And now Stu, the lead singer and songwriter, is one of our music ambassadors and will select the songs for this year. Originally, when I originally had this idea, we actually did some research and looked at the last five years of Triple J's Hottest 100. And this is not a slide on them. Triple J is fantastic and super progressive, but it's a reflection of like, I guess, what's being released and consumer taste. Only 1% of the songs in the Hottest 100 referenced an environmental issue. And this versus 75% of Australians that are climate concerned or alarmed. And so there's a massive disconnect between popular culture and the music we're listening to and what we actually care about. And so I guess this is to incentivize more artists to use their talent, create more music. And I am actually already seeing that there has been an uptick and artists are really excited about that because they were, you know, a lot of them like, this was the music that we cared about the most and we felt like it passed under the radar, wasn't picked up by the media, you know, and their kind of reflection was, does anyone care? And so I guess to say lots of people care, there's definitely an audience for this and you're going to be rewarded and celebrated. You've got an, a remarkable resource of each year, 24 music videos. Have you thought about taking them around the television companies or the Disney, Facebook people like that, and marketed them so that they reach a bigger, uh, a bigger um, catchment area, and they might well pay in for next year's prize. So uh, the way the prize is designed is that I don't own anything. They don't even submit an actual file of the music to me. They just submit their 
music video on YouTube um, so we can watch it. And so obviously as well, music rights is a massively complicated uh, thing with like many, many people owning the music. So our objective is not to own the music, to distribute it. It's actually just to highlight um, people that are doing good stuff and then have something that's publicly available that can be easily reshared. So if someone loves, sees the music video and loves it, they can share it in a media interview. Like, you know, I encourage you on your podcast, you can, sh- I'll send you the links for all the finalists. People can go and watch them. And then the artist also then builds an audience from there. So it's, it's a massive win for the audience, but the people that are the most excited about it the environmental movement who see obviously this um the potential to activate more people and to have something you know really positive and engaging to share with the people that are already involved when will we know who is the winner this year uh on or around earth day so last year we had the massive privilege that christiana figueres who was the former UN climate chief who got the Paris Climate Agreement signed uh, at the end of Outrage and Optimism, which is her like global climate podcast. They often play a piece of music. So I wrote to them saying, would you consider playing the winner at the end of one of your podcasts? And she wrote back going, no, we love this idea. We want to do our Earth Day podcast about the Environmental Music Prize and tell everyone to come and watch these music videos. So we had a one-hour podcast uh, profiling some of the artists and why they wrote the song, and we're going to do the same thing this year. And beyond the fact that obviously Christiana being supportive is fantastic, Earth Day is a massive, um, I guess, uh opportunity in terms of reaching other audiences so lots of non-climate related organizations might say oh it's earth day we should post something environmental so we'll create a social media pack say with something very easy for them like you know happy earth day here are 20 or so songs to inspire you uh find one you know that encourages you to be bold or thing and so we might have doctor's surgeries and universities and you know consulting firms Uh, sharing in their newsletters, which could potentially reach millions of new people. What's the world gonna be in a year or two? What's it gonna be like for me and you? Will the men in power do what they need to do? What's the world gonna be like in a year or two? Seems like it's lost its mind again This crazy world that And we all give up and we all give in Give us the truth, don't give us your lies Don't try to cut us down to your size People are real, we all feel the pain When you lie to us again and again Give us the truth Disappears, and the man at the top cried 
their crocodile tears What's the world gonna be like in 20 years? Seems like it's lost its mind again This crazy world that we're living in And we all give up and we all give in Give us the truth, don't give us your lies Don't try to cut us down to your size People are real, we all feel the pain When you lie to us again and again Give us the truth Artists are hugely empathetic people, and often many of them actually are very engaged and very aware in private. But because touring is, you know, so energy intensive and and necessarily they're taking planes and transport and things, stepping up alone and making a statement puts you, you know, makes you the victim of public criticism. So I guess one of the objectives of the prize is also creating safety in numbers of like instead of being the lone wolf, coming out and making a statement and being, you know, trolled. It's like, look, we all agree that this is a problem. Let's all say something all together. And I guess there's lots of things I kind of modelled it on, but one of the campaigns I really loved was um, Front Runners brought lots of Australian athletes who have a similar type of problem. They don't feel educated to speak because they're an athlete. Uh, they're travelling all around the world doing, like, meetups and things like that. And so they did this big public statement from Olympians and lots of high-profile athletes with more than 100 signing this paper saying that, you know, calling on the government to have better policies because sports fields and, you know, the places that we do sport and we enjoy as a culture will be decimated. And then no one athlete had to step up alone and do it. It was like we all agree. Well, look, I wanted to point that we have, um, people have been telling us for decades People like Midnight Oil, you know, when we have our little music segments, we, we know that people like Paul McCartney have put out environmental songs. So they are using their star power to, to get the message across. It's just that for some reason, the majority of listeners choose not to act on it. Yep. I think also on that, Colin, is the incredible the money that fossil fuel companies are pouring into spreading doubt in people's minds. So I'd, yeah. I'd put that in the equation as well. And, and it just leads people confused. So, yeah, the, the forces of good are winning, but, yeah, there's, there's still, it's not over. It's certainly not over. It felt apocalyptic. No-one was prepared for the magnitude of the time. Floods, bushfires, heatwaves and droughts. Scientists warned climate change would make them worse, and it has. Climate change is here. It's happening. People in the Kimberley are experiencing the worst flooding Western Australia has ever seen. Many are facing disasters of a scale that you just can't plan for. 
emergency is unfolding in our central west as we go to air. It's destroyed people's lives on the footpath. It's what they call a mega flood. I call it a climate disaster. And that is about here. It came into my house. So as you can imagine, pretty much everything was destroyed. Hi, I'm Binny. I'm a Lismore local. I'm sitting in my house uh, that was last year flooded, one and a half metres inside this living space that we're in here now. One year on, our community is still really struggling with the recovery effort. And for me personally, although we've been able to rebuild, I, I sort of feel stuck, I suppose, in a different way, which is stressful. I have to pin my hopes on this not happening again in the next few years. And so in my mind and in every cell of my being, this can and will happen again. So ultimately, I do not feel safe in my own home. What really annoys me is that we seem to have spent the last 30 years squabbling over whether climate change is real. It just feels like it's been a lot of wasted time politicking, trying to challenge world eminent scientists who know what they're talking about, about what happens. And in the meantime, ramping up the expansion and the mining of fossil fuels, which is contributing to this whole mess that we find ourselves here in this town. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. We are the land of droughts and flooding rains. We recognise that. It is a very volatile and often capricious climate. At the heart of this conflict is a battle between truth and science and power and lies. As the seas rise, our politicians dither. As storms surge, they delay. As people die and forests burn and ice shelves collapse, they cower. Our climate president pledged to end fossil fuel extractions on all federal lands. No more drilling. Now he's approving leases at a faster pace than Trump. If our leaders will not end the fossil fuel industry, we will. Our calls have gone unanswered, our letters unopened, our cries unheard. Only widespread nonviolent uprisings will save us. I'm doing this for my son. This spring, the media elite and political elite will gather for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. We will show up in mass and we will blockade it. We will not stop. We do not seek to move one player. We seek to change the game. Direct action is not just disruption. It is defense. It is defiance. We'll see you on April 29th. Join us. Earth Breakdown is the single biggest threat facing humanity and our entire planet right now. We have to change the direction we're going. We cannot afford to ignore the scientists. Anything fossil fuels can do, renewable energy can do better. Um, please redirect our nation toward a renewable future. We need one world leader to step up to the plate right now and turn this whole thing around. I'm asking you to be a thinker. I'm asking you to be a progressive. I'm asking you to move away from what's destroying the earth. We need a fossil fuel free future. Please take action. We need you to lead on climate, live up to your climate promises. You have the power to do it. You can block any future funding for carbon capture and storage and fund real climate solutions. Not for my sake, but for the next generation and the generation after that. You said it was an existential threat. Start acting like it. Take action now. Dear President Biden, declare a climate emergency now 
and use all of your executive powers to stop the fossil fuel era and rebuild with a regenerative, just, and renewable future that we need. Now, let's have a listen to Cherie Sito. Now, Cherie is from Sanglen Urban Oasis in Geelong. So she's one of the founders of Sanglen. She studied shamanic permaculture in Peru. Now, that, that really interests me. We, we spoke at the start today of being guided by ancient wisdom. Now, I'm tipping that that's very much guided by ancient wisdom. That involved her living on a mountain in Peru, and they know how to have mountains in Peru, not like Australian man Kosciuszko. So, and she ran Geelong's first only organic cafe for seven years and um, was the first cafe in, in the area to say no to single-use plastic cups. So, Cherie, after all that, welcome to the Sustainable Hour. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Tell us about this shamanic wisdom that, you, um, that you're spreading around Geelong. Um, so, shamanic permaculture in Peru, um, that was pretty amazing. Um, we use the principles of permaculture, um, not only to look at our outer landscape, so the environment we're in, but also for our inner landscapes, um, so how we were feeling and, and how that correlated, um, which was a big eye-opener because I find, like, if my house is messy, like, my brain is messy. And so, like, um, I was really cool. And we also did do plant medicines, which helped us connect back to Mother Nature. And surprisingly enough, our teacher was actually from Australia. Um, he's Andrew. Um, yeah, he's from Australia, but he lived in Mexico on his own little um, commune, um, which was pretty amazing. He always talked about the fresh um, mangoes. And from that, when I did that, I came back to Geelong and then to start, started using the permaculture principles in the cafe. So I started doing less waste, looking how how I can have a closed system, um, where, what, where my energy was being wasted. And, yeah, that's when I was like, I'm going to say no to single-use plastic cups because even though it took away business, um, I also found that it just got people thinking, um, okay, like we do have a problem um, or I can sit in and take the time to enjoy coffee instead of you know, rushing about, like just slow down kind of thing. And I really find that's with what's going at on at the moment with climate change and stuff. It's just all about self-reflection and slowing down and, yeah, looking out kind of thing and in. And then so we we're fortunate enough in 2020 when the pandemic started to um, move into Sanglin, um, me and my partner, Sean, and... We actually know the land, um, the house owner, and we had pretty much free range of what we wanted to do. So we started doing, we wanted to look at doing a market garden so we can localise our food source and have food security. But then we realised it was a lot of work and then thought, let's just do it for a couple of seasons of growing and see what that takes. And then um, we started doing workshops and that was really cool. But then Sean and I, we decided to have um, music events 
at Sanglin, um, which is really cool. Unfortunately, this year um, we had a music event, but we couldn't have it on the property due to insurance problems. And we found that the people who did want to come, um, they wanted to come because it was in our garden setting. And that's why we wanted to have it at our backyard, just to inspire people of what you can do in your backyard. And, you know, nature's not only like going for hikes and stuff, but it's in your backyard. And um, yeah, it was really cool. And we had um, some really cool local artists and one of them, Sill Prints and the Roof Rats, they're actually lucky, like they were very conscious about the environment and they talk about that in their songs and um, now one of my favourite bands. But Lockie and that crew, they're doing some amazing stuff in Norlane. Lockie's been part of the Farm Next Door, but um, he's now going to, him and Michaela, um, they're going to do a Transition Streets Permablitz or garden blitz and um do their backyard um so we've done a blitz as well here a couple of times because many hands make light work and um yeah just i don't know i'm quite surprised with norlane and how amazing they're doing um stuff for the environment like for yeah that's it (laughs) and sheree you've got something coming up there i i understand so um on Sunday the 19th, we're going to open our gardens to our neighbours um, just to get to know our neighbours, to have that social interaction. Um, Belmont does um, have a really good growing community. Uh, we also have the Transition Streets growing carts where um, you can take food or um, give food, depending what you want to do when you have an abundance of stuff. And, yeah, um, but I found that, over the last three years, we didn't really have that communication. So, like, what did we learn from the last three years? Like, people love um, to be social and just I think when we come together, we just have amazing ideas, opportunities. And um, so, yeah, Sunday we're just opening our gardens to 3216 and see who just comes in and just have a yarn. So what's your address, Cherie? Um, so... We are on Roslyn Road in Belmont, um, taking over the laneway and we've called it Charcoal Lane after Archie Roach. And, um, yeah, the laneway access um, of 62 Roslyn Road, you can see we've got signs at the front and the back saying it's Sanglin. Um, yeah, and the house is named Sanglin, so that's where it comes from. And it'll be from one to five. And we said bring a plate, share a plate and just, yeah, have a chat. Yeah, because it's pretty cool. Like we got bees um, from our neighbours. Like they came over like, oh, we got a swarm. Do you want bees? And then, yeah, just growing our knowledge of that. And um, down the laneway is our neighbours from Sweet Adeline and they love growing food as well, but they also have a cafe and they're slowly um, permaculture principles. Um, Bart's actually keeping the coffee cups so he can break them down and, um, yeah, just composting and stuff. It's um, – I found with um, the cafe, it is big challenges, but I think once businesses and stuff just use small changes, like it makes big impacts. That's wonderful. So you you can't get the insurance for live music, but if somebody wants to bring their guitar and just sort of wander about playing, that that's perfectly acceptable, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think the problem was it was ticketed, so it was money exchange, but if there's no money exchange, you love a good barter yeah, system. Lovely. <laughs> yep. Well, that's excellent. Seems like music unites us. Oh, it has, yeah. It's a huge role to play in, in solutions. Yeah, today's show has been has really emphasised that. I think a common denominator in, in what we've talked about today is two words. It's connection and it's confidence. That's what we need. We need to have that feeling of that we're not alone, that there are many others that have the same feelings as we do, and then we have to have the confidence to speak up because otherwise nobody will know. Mm. I just want to say a last word to Cherie. Yeah. Your garden party idea sounds wonderful. I'm sure your garden is a gazillion times more <laughs> beautiful than mine, but just the idea of bringing the community together around some shared values I think is so special. So I wish I was in your community. Well, I was just, you know, like a couple of months ago, I was like, oh, what's some climate music? And then the only one that came up was like Billie Eilish. So I'm stoked that there's a playlist now. Oh going to check it out on the streaming Siri, if you if you'd like to listen to a, a playlist that i've been compiling over the years of more than 200 climate songs uh, you can find that it's it's on youtube but you can find it if you write our homepage, which is climate safety dot info and then slash songs that'll give you uh, a number of hours of climate music to listen to so climatesafety.info slash songs. 2077. That is the year that the federal government has given Santos the green light to frack until I will be 80 years old. If I live a long and healthy life, I'll be 87 years old. And my unborn child will be 54 and hopefully have kids of their own. And I'll be 88 years old. I'll be 78. I'll be 93 years old and my kids will be in their 60s. I'll be 88 and hopefully enjoy my retirement in a safe climate. Gas is one of the main drivers of the climate crisis. It is reckless to approve new gas projects in 2023. This is our critical decade for climate action. Say no. 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 To fossil fuels. All right. All of which we typically boil down to three words, don't we? Which is that we need to be the difference. Be the difference. I know the world's gone mad. It's truth. Be the difference. Many people say that Sweden is just a small country and it doesn't matter what we do. But I've learned that you are never too small to make a difference. And if a few children can get headlines all over the world just by not going to school, then imagine what we could all do together if we really wanted to. Be the difference, be the difference. The future's watching.